0: this is colorful commentary hello i'm cece your colorful commentator thank you so much for joining us we have so much to get into today first and foremost introducing and welcoming you to the podcast so let's get started Welcome, welcome, welcome! This is Colorful Commentary, as I'm sure you heard in the intro. Thank you so much for joining us. We are an up-and-coming podcast and so excited to have you here. Of course, you know this given that this is the first episode. We are the intersection of people of color and colorful people. And what that means, people of color part, i don't think I need to explain I hope I don't (laughs) but the colorful people part that means anyone and everyone who is disabled economically disadvantaged queer institutionally disenfranchised or any other identities that in any way shape or form depart from the norm we aim to be a safe place where you can be heard and say mm hmm, and a place where you can hear and understand others that might be different from you where it's like uh I don't know about that but okay so how we'll do this is by being honest and open about the facts while also making the opinions known i mean because the whole point is to be transparent here about what is actually happening and going on in the world this being a place where you can trust the facts in which you receive but also being very clear about the biases in which i have and also looking inward about the biases that you have and knowing when opinion is departing from fact or when they can be overlapping so this will be an informative space for the week's top headlines in a way that you can actually understand with resources on how to act And also in the bio of each episode will be the sources from which I got the info because like any pastor will say, don't take my word for it. Read the Bible yourselves. I will provide the sources from which I've gotten the information. So this podcast is going to be fluid, going where the information takes us to ensure that you are educated about the nation's top stories so that you can be properly informed in order to be effectively engaged. Fly, right? I like that. Anyways, I believe that most people... Hopefully all of you listening care about the world, the country, the state, the city, quite frankly, the street in which you all live on. But either you haven't found a news medium that speaks to you and engages you, which we're seeking to change, or you just don't know how to act once you do. So it feels depressing. Why am I finding out all these things that are wrong with the world when I can't even do anything about it? but you can do something about it. And I'm learning with you. I really am. This is going to be an informative experience for both of us. And I seek to earn your trust so that we can build a community here where we make each other better, more active members of our community. Now we'll mainly be focusing on politics, but culture and the everyday and Beyonce will find themselves in as well. But look, please join us on this journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Subscribe, follow, comment, and make your colorful self known. Okay, y'all let's get into it. But you know, let me first start off by saying it is not easy to do this podcasting business. Okay. I am trying to talk to you like the friends I hope you become, but I am talking into a microphone right now. And it is, it is very off-putting extremely off-putting to be open and honest and know that no one but myself can hear what I'm saying right now by the grace of God it will be many 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 of you listening uh so that hopefully I can invest in some way in your lives even in a small uh way but right now it's a little awkward so just thought I'd put that disclaimer out there just in case I sound a little you know Nervous, it's because I'm talking to myself, which don't really make sense, but ugh, y'all, it is what it is. What can I say? But look, we really need to get into it. And the word of the week, the month, the year might be impeachment. Yeah, had to say it like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know how y'all feel about that, I know how I feel about it. I feel that in the things that President Trump has done, it's overdue in some cases, the sentiment. But I guess in all actuality, as far as facts, that this is the first time it's actually warranted and called for now. If you haven't heard anything about impeachment yet, once again, thank you for joining us. Cause this is some stuff you need to know for real. This is important. And maybe you might've heard about it, but you don't really understand it or get what the point is, or connect the dots at what happened. So look, that's what I'm gonna try and do right now. So now let's get our dates, right? Cause I'm gonna go back and we're gonna make this work. So on the 24th, Nancy Pelosi announced an impeachment inquiry. Now, Speaker Pelosi was not having that. Every uh, Well, I'm not going to say everybody else, but I think it was about 70 members of the House, all Democrats, um, and one Republican who turned independent, um, saying that based on the Mueller report that President Trump should be impeached based on his actions. Now, that's not the majority. The number they need is 218 to be able to file and vote and pass articles of impeachment. So obviously 79 was nowhere close to that. Now, then you may ask what changed. Well, this is what changed. What happened is that I cannot recall the date. Forgive me for that, y'all, but I am going to put the sources in so you can look for yourself. But, and I'm pretty sure June, uh, President Trump called the president of Ukraine or the president of Ukraine called President Trump And they had a conversation, as diplomats do, heads of states do. But in this particular conversation, other things were talked about. And the other things that were talked about were if you don't know, Russia is occupying part of Ukraine, Crimea. They literally came in with their military and said, yeah, this is ours now. This is no longer Ukraine. This is Russia, which is unheard of in modern day, but they did that. So upon doing that, the U.S. passed crazy intense sanctions on Russia. And I'd always heard the word sanction and I'm like, what does a sanction matter? Like, what even is that? But it blocks economic activity. So Russia cannot engage in certain economic activity with the US, which greatly impairs their economic abilities and activities. So this is a serious thing when a country does this to another country. So the US was not playing around. I was saying, you will not be able to do that to our allies in Europe. You need to get your ass out of Ukraine. Now, of course, Russia was like, nah, y'all, I don't care. I'm not listening. <laughs> Why? I shall not listen, Ugh, let me not do no Russian accent. I'm struggling. Anyways, <laughs> so they're currently occupying Ukraine. Ukraine is in a five year long war with Russia. They're incredibly undermanned and under militarized in comparison to this behemoth that is the Russian military. So they've been leaning a lot on U.S. aid to help them. And we're helping them because This can't stand of Russia doing things like this and trying to take over basically all of Europe, which is, of course, very dangerous and threatening to the U.S. So President Trump and President Zelensky of Ukraine have a phone call. President is saying, hey, we need those javelins. They're these uh, hand carried missiles that are very strategic and important in the Ukrainian war against Russia and President Trump and I quote said but I need a favor from you though unquote now what is this though because this aid was one of the few bipartisan legislation passed through the house and the senate that he signed so, why is there a though in giving them military aid? And the though was Biden because at that time, which was about three, four months ago, Biden was the front runner right now. Elizabeth Warren is the front runner, but Biden was the front runner. Apparently, there have been rumors going around that Vice president or former Vice President Biden's son was engaged in some type of illegal or immoral activity in Ukraine. So basically Trump told Zelensky I want you to investigate that quid pro quo quid pro quo literally means translated into Latin something for something. So that's what people are saying this conversation was about was I'm withholding the aid, which he did. And everybody was wondering, why is this aid not being released until or unless you agree to investigate Biden? And now that's the main thing that everybody's focused on, because that's a campaign violation law. That's just slimy, that behavior. It's the words that the Democrats are using is it's a shakedown um, of another foreign leader, a Democratic foreign leader at that. In the interest of you securing the 2020 election. So we know for a fact Russia interfered in the election in 2016. And now this is him attempting to get a head start for 2020. That's not a good look. Like for anybody, whether you are Trump yourself, you work with him, or you avidly support him, I would hope we can all agree that this is wrong behavior. And so many people have agreed that we're not on the bandwagon before, but are now calling for his impeachment. Democrats have met the number of 218. They have all the votes that they need if they choose to uh, vote for articles of impeachment at this point because of this unacceptable behavior. You cannot withhold aid from a country for them to help you get reelected. I mean, this is unacceptable now he said quote and the he is trump said that he didn't delay anything but then 48 hours later said yeah i did you know how he be was like yeah i did it so what i talked to him i asked him about biden i think he should be investigated you know it's wrong what his son did so what i did that now then of course all this other stuff started coming out and he's tried to backtrack a little bit but those words are already on record and he can't take them back he tweeted though you know he does like to tweet in all capital letters presidential harassment quote unquote now what y'all presidential harassment this is called the free press free news and it's called an investigation now if you're wondering where all this started where all this came from how did they get this news whistleblower now i think we all know what a whistleblower is that's when you find information sensitive information come across that that you don't feel like it's being shared to the proper sources and so you do what needs to be done do right by your country even if it means sacrificing your freedom to release that information now upon nixon and clinton's uh impeachment proceedings the house developed laws in which protect whistleblowers if they go through the proper channels. And now this whistleblower did go through the proper channels. He went to the inspector general, the inspector general looked into it, said, this is urgent and credible, sent it to the Trump appointed acting DNI, director of national intelligence. And that acting DNI is mandated by law to then pass that whistleblower report to Congress. This DNI did not do that. Pause for dramatic effect. He took it straight to the White House. Now, Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, is implicated. Bill Barr, the president's attorney general, and I don't say the U.S. Attorney General, because he's shown time and time again that he is the president's guy and the president himself are all implicated in the whistleblower report and he took it straight he the he being the dni took it straight to trump and bill barr so the very people that are being implicated in this report are now being able to see it and decide whether or not it gets released now of course what do you think they did they said yeah we're not releasing this we're not and so they held on to it for a few weeks Thank God, free press, once again, looked into it and was like, oh, hell no. What what the frick are y'all doing? So investigative journalism, thank God for it. They were able to break the story. And so upon breaking the story, all these little domino blocks fell down. And it ended up resulting in President Trump having to release the whistleblower report. Now, the crazy part about that is the Senate held a unanimous vote, unanimous meaning everybody, including Mitch McConnell, voted that the president release the whistleblower report to Congress. I'm not sh- I still can't figure out the strategy behind that. I don't know if they wanted to get ahead of it so that it didn't look so horrible him obstructing justice again by holding it back. But They usually don't care about obstructing justice, but this time they did, so they released it. So the White House then released not only the notes, not a transcript of the call, but the notes. This is how we know what was said in the call. But they also had to release the whistleblower complaint, which has now been released to the public. Please look it up. It's very interesting, very eye-opening and very admirable what this young man or woman did in bringing this forward. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing the actions of a brave few can lead to possibly the impeachment of a allegedly corrupt president. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens. I promise you I will be updating you every week because this story just keeps on going and unfolding and metamorphosizing and ship sh- wait shape shifting <laughs> all the words, it keeps doing that. So we're gonna have to look more into that, but let's go into the next. So the next actually has to do with North Carolina. So this is a state thing, not a national thing. If you live in North Carolina, what's up? (laughs) This has to do with you. So House Bill 966 was vetoed by the Democratic governor, Roy Cooper on June 28th. Now this is a funding bill, a spending bill, which the governor felt did not go to the proper resources. He felt like it went more to the businesses and corporations which Republicans have been known to do as of late, um, rather than school teachers, janitors, bus drivers, basically everyday people. So he vetoed it. Now, the Republicans in the state house used to have a supermajority, which meant they could override any veto that the governor did, which was crazy. Now, mind you, North Carolina has some of the most gerrymandered districts in the country. There is, if you look up, District 13 of North Carolina, when you see it, it's literally a skinny line. That is not a district. And all of that line is basically all of the Black people that would otherwise be in the other counties, all piled in to one little county to minimize their vote. It. I mean, this is classic voter suppression, guys. And this is happening all over the country. So, when if you ever think that your vote doesn't matter, why are they trying so hard to suppress it? Because it has power. And if your vote doesn't matter, then why do rich people vote? They should just give the money and sit. No, they go vote. Rich white people go vote because they know the power in it. They're trying to convince us that there is no power in it. Don't fall for it. Vote y'all, please. So that stuff like this, what I'm about to tell you does not happen. So, currently there's 65 republicans and 55 democrats in the house so no longer a supermajority now there's 29 republicans and 21 democrats in the house senate that is still a supermajority but most bills go through the house first and then to the senate so now the house wanted to vote to override the governor's veto because they do have that permission the power to do that they've tried to bring that vote several times it always got struck down now on 9 11 9-11, 9-11, y'all. God rest the souls of those who passed on that ooh, on that day. Um, they apparently told the Democrats that they weren't going to be having a session. And ended up having a session anyways, y'all. Can you believe this? And given that the Democrats weren't there, they were out of the session, the Republicans voted to override the veto. Now House Speaker Tim Warren a Republican, was absolutely unapologetic. Here his quote. If I see an opportunity to override this budget, this veto, I was going to take that vote. If they didn't want it to pass, all they have to do is show up for work, end quote. Now forgive my accent y'all, but what the, what is he doing? I'm serious. Like this is just, I will never understand this, how this is what government is because you are stealing votes you are already not even really constitutionally elected because it was racially gerrymandered districts that now they're having to redraw since they put years into appealing 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 the process and finally the north carolina supreme court said no this is unconstitutional this is racist literally this is racist this is what all these party lines are drawn on race you can't do this, go back to the drawing board. So all these people in office right now are elected under gerrymandered districts. Um, So you're not even representing the people and yet you act like this, this indignance? I I will never understand, I'm serious. Because the House GOP leadership did not call for an override veto for 37 consecutive floor sessions because they knew they didn't have the votes. And then all of a sudden, all the Democrats are gone on 9-11 and they take the vote. You're not going to tell me, even if you got what you wanted, that that's okay. And my question is, why does it matter that much? Like, who is giving you money to support this, that it matters so much that you're going to go against basic principles to get it done? I just, y'all, these suckers be bugging. They be bugging. Okay. <laughs> but hey that's opinion that's opinion <laughs> not fact. uh so moving on there's a gm workers wage strike going on which is actually really exciting because it's like this is what this country is built on is striking is protesting is dissent i love it and they this is the longest walkout ever they're now on day 15 and they are looking for better wages better health care and securing a pathway for temporary workers to get full-time employment status with benefits because let me tell you what these companies are doing now they are hiring you on as a contract worker indefinitely they will renew your contract for 20 years but they will not make you permanent so that they do not have to pay you benefits or 401k it's you know it's a holdover from the recession because they were able to make one person do the job of four people because guess what that one person really needed that job because there were no other jobs out there and even though now they've bounced back with the capital to be able to hire more people they're like hey we can get away with this so that's what they're doing getting away with it but not anymore not GM because they are standing up for what they believe in and support them y'all donate support them on social media let them know that we love them and uh, that we're standing with them at least in spirit <laughs> strike pay is 250 dollars a week now. That's not a lot. $1,000 a month is not a lot at all. So these people are really making sacrifices out here to be striking long-term, doing what it takes to make sure they not only improve situations for themselves, but also for the next generation. So I so admire... I so admire that. That is the America that I love. I don't know what all this other foolishness is about, but that is the America that I love. And I hope you love that America too, because that's what we're seeking to do. Make the world a more colorful place. So I hope you'll join me and tune in next time. Stay colorful.